Come, Lord God. Come now in this place. Lord, we know you're coming. You're coming with great power and glory. And in that day, every eye shall see you. Even the nations that have opposed you. Even those who have lifted up against you. Lord, today, you're alive and you're alive in this place. Today, we want to see you in a greater way. And I believe there's an altar call, even just now, for every heart here, not to be distracted. We've come to be with him. We didn't come for another reason. We came to be with him and to hear his word. Maybe you're new. Maybe you're not even born of his spirit. You can call to him just now. And maybe there's coldness that's set in your heart. Maybe you've drifted away in some areas because of all the things that this life and this world has and its many, many currents and distractions. But there's an altar now. And there's a grace in this place for a fresh consecration, for a fresh encounter. The word can't lie. He's calling a bride. The Father sent the Son, and the Son paid the price. And then the Father and the Son sent the Holy Spirit to draw us out unto Him, that we would fall in love with Jesus. It's not a religion. never was intended to be. An encounter with the living God who is alive. Jesus resurrected in this place. Take time, please, where you are. The Holy Spirit's here. The Holy Spirit brings conviction of sin and conviction of righteousness. God so wants such an open heaven over entire congregations so that he can move in and meet with them. We've hampered them with programs, with time clocks, with wrong priorities. But when it's all said and done, it's all about the sun. Do we love him, the only one who can save from the grave, deliver from the past, free from the present? And embrace us and lift us to glory. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. It doesn't just have to be when he descends from heaven with a shout. And we go up and out. It can be now.
please, God, touch our minds. Break the mentalities that limit you and cause you to be held back. Limit your power. We want to be a people, oh God, that know the day of your power. And this is the day of his power. Father, we form an altar before your holy throne. The altar over the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. I feel impressed to invite if there's been criticisms or prejudices or whatever thing that would grieve the Holy Spirit. Could it be confessed now? Could it be released now? Please. So that we don't limit him. Take time, please. Allow the Holy Spirit, the lamp, to search in the inward parts. Oh God, we've come into this place and we gathered in your name. We really have. And we want only you. We want only you. We want to worship you. We want to break through. I've heard in days of old the old Pentecostals, the Azusa Street people. And Pentecostalism, when it was in its prime, they knew how to pray through. They knew how to praise through. Until His glory. Until His glory. Until His glory was on the earth. Oh God, we worship you. Let heaven and earth meet. We want to meet. Ephesians 1 and 9 says that in him, Jesus Christ, all things in heaven and all things on earth we brought together into one. Now we have these earthly bodies, the veil. But God, we want to see through and see you and meet with you. Jesus, can you say his name? We're not distract. Oh, Jesus. 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 Jesus.
Let's do it. Let's do it. I exalt you, Jesus. Jesus. I exalt you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, you're here.
what he says again there was this one and her name was Mary and Mary loved me because of what I'd done for her hmm unto whom much is forgiven much is loved and Mary's delight was to sit at my feet It wasn't just a discipline, it was a delight. Mary loved to sit with me. She's the one. She's the one who broke that alabaster box that you know about. She's the one, and she put it on me. Others were indignant of the waste. Perhaps others were indignant 
even like her sister, of her waste of time to sit at my feet. Even her sister, who also loved me, criticized her and said to me, Lord, look, why doesn't she get up and do something and help to serve? And I'm speaking to you and pleading with you because I love you, says the Lord, please come again and sit at my feet. Some of you delighted back before remember but then somehow you you slipped and you became more distant but I'm saying to you I didn't slip my eyes are on you like you know my eyes are on the sparrow and I've been watching you waiting for you calling to you, longing for you. Because something that you don't understand, I love you with a love of desperation. You can't believe that in your, in your mind. Because your mind can't understand. Even though I died for you, and even though you know my word, while you were yet a sinner, I died for you. How much more now would I not freely give you all things? But yet somehow, as the enemy sends his fiery darts, and as you fall under your own self-criticisms and condemnations, that cloud of unworthiness comes over you again. And the veil goes up. And you seem to drift away. But I'm calling you back. Won't you come? Won't you come? Why not? All the other things will pass away. But when it's all gone, you'll only see the one who pulled you from the depths of hell and washed you in his own blood. So why won't you come with the full confidence and assurance and set before me he says if you'll do so if you'll make your appointment with me every day I promise you I'll show up you see I've always showed up but it's just that you couldn't get through because of all the noise in your mind and all the noise outside and because of your rush, I was there. But I'm telling you once again, if you'll make your appointment and if you'll come every day, I promise I'll be there. 
And the moment you open that written word, I'll speak to you words that have never been heard. I, and you know it's me. And you'll fall in love again. And you'll see that your sin is not so big in the light of my glory and eternal grace. sing in, in faith from the heart. I exalt you. Yes, Lord. I exalt thee. I
Now you know the good shepherd's alive. He's resurrected and he's here. He anoints my head with oil. It causes my cup to run over. And I believe right now that he's walking in this place. And there are certain ones, this is a word of knowledge, that have been oppressed in your minds and you've not been able to focus on him in worship, privately or corporately. You've really not been able to hear his word. You look at the word, you read it, but it doesn't come through. And the Lord is walking in this place just as real. I wish, oh God, Jesus. And he's pouring oil on the heads of those who have been oppressed. There's a lot of things that can oppress us these days. Fears, insecurities, distractions of all kinds, sin. And that's you, please. Please, let's close our eyes and let's continue in worship. Hold your hand up. He knows where you are. But he's pouring oil. Breaking off mental oppression. So that, that there can be the spirit of revelation and the knowledge of him. Even as we sang today, I want to see you. And breaking off oppression to where the spirit of revelation will be with us. And we can see. And we can hear. Jesus, I thank you that you're pouring out a fresh anointing to break mental, mental torments and mental oppressions that would be a veil and stop the revelation of your greatness and glory and power. Oh, Jesus, let him reign. Let him reign. Please don't be ashamed. It's a moment of humbling ourselves before him and allowing him to bring the spirit of revelation and the knowledge of him upon us. I feel also somebody's being healed in their stomach, and like a stomach ulcer. It may be just gast gastritis, but, you know, a burning and, and ongoing thing and please just receive it please you came to meet with him he ministers to us Jesus someone's knee has been touched please receive it put your hand there on your knee where it's hurt Jesus 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 certain marital strifes Please receive fresh grace, forgiveness, strength. We're waiting on Him.
Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. We worship you. As we wait upon him, our strength is renewed. They that wait upon the Lord renew their strength. And Lord, we're waiting upon you. Lord, we're waiting. You have oil, fresh oil. You have new wine, joy. Jesus. Lord, forgive us for we know so little about truly meeting with you and waiting before you. Please, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. And please, please continue, Lord, to break through and come in. Teach us to wait upon you, to see you, to meet with you, to know you, to know you more.
Can we stand, please? Can we stand and worship Him? I wonder if we may please give an offering of, of palms, clapping unto the Lord for his goodness, for his victory. Can we applaud him, please? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We're worthy, Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy. Oh, 
And Jesus was walking along on his way with the twelve. And Scripture says in John chapter 4 that he became weary. He sat down on Jacob's well. And the twelve went into Samaria to buy food. And while they were gone, a woman came to the well in the middle of the day, not at the time when you normally draw water. And Jesus began to talk with her, the Samaritan woman. Of course, she had had five husbands, and she was living with one who wasn't her husband. And he told her all, and she said, I perceive you're a prophet. Our fathers worship over here, and she began to talk about worship. In verse number 24 of John chapter 4, the Lord said, The Father seeks those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. To worship God in spirit, if I understand, I've got to allow my spirit to worship Him. Sometimes it takes me a while to get there. But the Father seeks those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Verse 23. God is a spirit, and those who worship him have to come into the spirit to really worship in spirit. Even though the natural mind doesn't understand always, but the heart does. And in truth, what I understand is if we are walking in the truth and we're walking correctly, Then we bring an offering of righteousness. Of course, 1 Peter 2 teaches us that we are royal priesthood. You, I, each one of us. And we have to go back into the Old Testament to find out what the priest did. But in the book of Deuteronomy, we find out that the Lord at that time separated the priesthood to stand in his presence and minister. To bear his glory upon their shoulders and then to bless in his name. To pray for the sick. Heal the brokenhearted. Cause blind eyes to see. Raise the dead. Bless in his name. Oh, Father, we thank you. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Those who have been bought and washed in the blood. Where there's neither Latino, Americano, Jewish.
Jew or Gentile, but we're all in him. Even male and female. And it's holy proper sense because we become the bride. I'd like to talk about the end of the line. We know Revelation chapter 19 and verse number 11 says, I, John, saw a white horse descending from heaven. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ mounted on the white horse. And then a few verses down, and the angels of heaven and the armies of heaven following him. We know the Lord comes. He takes the earth. He becomes king. And Jerusalem will be the capital of the new world order called the kingdom of God. Now we have a few things to get through before that time. But it's our greatest hour if we don't resist the day of his power and if we be willing in the day of his power. I have a personal word for those of you who have been in the church here for some time. I saw it in vision Pastor CJ, I'm talking with my eyes closed to not distract. Forgive me. I saw those of you who have been in the church for a time and others. There's a bunch of new folks to come in. But you all need to be doors and bridges. You'll have to help them. Even though pastors could have a great foundation class and teach them all about the things they need to be taught about. But there are many uh, midwives in this place. Midwives mean you can help birth new people in. And you have to be willing to give it time and have people in your house, have them over a new couple for dinner, and not just chat, but give them the word. You know, everyone here that knows the Lord, you can preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, baptize in water, fill people with the Holy Ghost, not you, but him, put hands on them. Everyone in this place. Everyone in this place. And when I saw the sign, everyone a missionary, hmm, well, it came back to me, but really, I tell you the truth, and please receive me. I know God will send you new people. I know God will send unsaved new couples. But it, it really isn't so much about how the church administration can handle those. I mean, that's all necessary, but you all must please uh, reach out. You know, I remember in Larned, Kansas, when Sue and I were starting there, oh my goodness, long time ago. I'm not boasting, I'm not complaining. But at one time, we had 12 home meetings <laughs> because we didn't have anyone else to help at that time. But Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, one week, six home meetings one week, and six the next week. It would be a home meeting every two weeks. 
because it was all new people. And we just had to sit with them and love them and talk with them and pray for them and bless them. And uh, it's about 30 years later. And I'm so blessed in that we are blessed. That fruit still remains. It's still there to this day. I know it's to our heavenly account. We had to work, you know. And, uh, but everyone can do it because, you know, the way we, we can glorify him in worship. And I thank God for that. I love to worship. We worship for hours down south. Uh, and I'm not, yeah. But to glorify him, and this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And I see lots of new people out there. And there's things coming uh, that's going to cause them uh, to come running. That hearts have to be prepared to receive them. Doors, you know, open. I believe I have a word And I realize that perhaps we've been here for a while. And I'm going to try to be very direct. And I'd like you to just stay there if you don't mind. Do you mind? Yeah, you guys just wait. Uh, What encouraged me that I have a word is because of the text on the bulletin. Habakkuk 3.18 I was just meditating in it last night and it was the final verse I wanted to give you truthfully my wife picked up the bulletin and she said look so that may help you a little it helps me a big bunch a big bunch is that English? I want to speak to you out of the book of Joel today, and uh, I want to be very positive. Positive in this, we win. Jesus wins. We have to keep, uh, you know, when Peter got out of the boat and started walking on the water, as long as he kept his eyes on the Lord, he didn't sink. Remember, he did the impossible. So, We all have to keep our eyes on the Lord more and more and more so in the hour in which we live. Do we understand? Because if we look at things around, we can get frightened and sink. Sink meaning uh, clutch up, uh, you know, get overwhelmed with the spirit of fear and things like that. Or even confused. But if we keep our eyes on the Lord, we must know that he is coming and he is king and he has won the victory and he owns the title deed to this earth the antichrist doesn't own it no one else does the new world order doesn't own it Jesus owns it he's got the title deed in his hand let's give him a clap offering his side and we are out of his side 
because out of his side came blood and water. And by his blood were forgiven, and by his water were washed. And by those two things he's forming his bride, along with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now then, you might want to take notes, and that I'm going to go quickly. But Romans chapter 15 and verse 4 says, All the things that were written beforehand are written for us. And then First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11 says, These things written beforehand were written for us, upon whom the ends of the age has come. And they're examples to us. And so therefore, when we go to the Old Testament, it's not just a history book, but it speaks to us today. Yes? And amen. And then Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20 says, We should be, it says, we are built upon the foundation of the apostles. That would be Paul, Peter, those guys. You know, we believe what they said. Apostolic doctrine. And we're built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Now, historically, the prophets still speak. Daniel's got a lot to say to us. And so do some of the other prophets today, now. And of course, you know, Paul prophesied some things and Peter prophesied some things. And we're living in that time. So when we go to the book of Joel, we find an interesting situation. Joel was a prophet at the time when Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel, had fallen away from the Lord. Israel, the ten tribes on the north, were already taken captive. But Judah was holding on, and God raised up Joel and also Habakkuk. Now, there are some discrepancies in commentaries about the time of Joel, but really no one knows. And if you really look at it, Joel and Habakkuk were together. And so Habakkuk, if you put Habakkuk with Joel, and you look at the first chapter, you find out the condition of the people. There was immorality, violence, adultery. There was injustice. In the leadership of the land, there was strife and infighting. So they couldn't really bring anything to justice, you know. And the righteous were surrounded by the wicked. And also, if you study chapter 2, they were in big debt. And God said, you know, your creditors can come to you suddenly. And so, we get to the book of Joel, and in chapter 1, we find that God in his loving care, they were a covenant people. So when God has covenant with us, new covenant fellowship. The United States of America, the only other country on the face of the earth, perhaps besides Israel, that our forefathers coveted us with us, with the living God, one nation under God, indivisible. When George Washington, at the inauguration of our first president, did you all know that he was in a little church at Ground Zero in Washington, and in, in, not in Washington, but in New York City, right where, when the towers fell, a sycamore tree fell right in front of the church where he prayed and gave the nation to the Lord and said, if we stray, correct us. And so, Joel's writing, and Judah has fallen away, 
And so God is trying to speak to them. He loves them. He doesn't want to let them just go. And so he's correcting who he loves. And he allowed a locust plague to come in and, you know, destroy all the crops. And then there was a terrible drought. So they had an agricultural crisis. And because of the drought, the pastures were burning up. There were open fires burning up the land. And uh, even in the temple, they had no drink offerings or grain offerings to give because it had gotten that bad. And if we study the Old Testament in the time of Moses, we know that they needed to bring drink offerings and grain offerings. There were none. It stopped because they had none. And so, Joel's prophesying to them, God speaking to them through Joel. And Joel gives them, in the drought and the agricultural economic crisis, he gives them a five-point plan for homeland security. Would you say with me, homeland security? <laughs> he gives them a five-point plan. And it didn't really cost billions of dollars. It's in verse 13 and also 14 of chapter 1 of Joel. Five-point plan, homeland security. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants into the house of God and cry out. They didn't do it. They just kept going. They didn't do it. Maybe too busy. So we go on to chapter 2. And it's getting worse. Verse 1 says, Blow a trumpet in Zion. And back in the 80s, and Steve, you remember this. I can remember it. And we were singing, Blow a trumpet in Zion, Zion. And we were dancing and praising. And we had no idea. We were singing it totally out of context. (laughs) (laughs) What it really is, is that God's doing something To his beloved people, he's allowing an invasion to come, Babylon, Iran, and Iraq. And they're coming in to take Judah away and carry them 600 miles in chains walking. And God says to Joel, blow a trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm, because I'm sending my big army against you. Oh, I thought the army was us. No. His army. You're going to use Nebuchadnezzar. Go to Habakkuk chapter 1 and you find God spoke to Habakkuk and said, I'm going to do something that nobody will believe. Even though you hear it, you won't believe it. Go look at chapter 1 later. He said, I'm going to raise up the Chaldeans, Iraq, Iran, Iran now. I'm going to raise them up, and I'm going to send them as a chastening rod, because I love you so much that I don't want to just leave you to all of your idols and to all of your stuff 
and all your idolatry and all of your um, immorality because you're going to go to hell. I mean, it takes some real time to get your brains wrapped around it. I'm going to use a wicked empire to come and chasten my people. Oh my goodness. We rebuke you, Nebuchadnezzar. (laughs) Go away. We're going to get more homeland security. When God lifts the hedge, God lifts the hedge. And he was sending Babylon. And he warned the people. Joel blew a trumpet. They tried to tell him. They still didn't listen. And he told him again in chapter 2. Same plan. A little bit different words. But you find it in verse 12 and 13. Homeland security. He said, Now therefore, says the Lord, since this is about to happen, you can prevent it. If you will, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your hearts, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. And rend your heart and just don't make a religious show. Return to the Lord your God. He is gracious. He is merciful. He is slow to anger. He is great in kindness. He relents from doing harm. He doesn't really want to do this. But he loves you enough that he will do it if you don't turn. But if you will turn, there are some promises. And it says, who knows, verse 14, if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind. And here we go back, a grain offering, a drink offering for the Lord our God. Because there wasn't enough grain and there wasn't enough drink to bring the offerings into the temple at that time. It was that bad. So, further down in chapter 2. He brings more promises. If you start on verse 18, for those who will pray, fast, rend their hearts and not their outward appearance, then the Lord will be zealous for his land. He will pity his people. The Lord will answer his people. Behold, I'm sending you grain, new wine, and oil. I believe that in the natural, but new wine is the joy of the Lord. This lady just got some while ago, and she got some oil. She really did. I put my hands on her. She was suffering. And God touched her and brought supernatural joy to her heart. And I'm so glad. And it just freaked you out, is it? What did you say? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Me too. Well, yeah. Ooh, fresh anointing. So anyway... And then, further down in the chapter, if we will turn, it says, Now look, be glad, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain, in the first month. What does it mean, Pastor CJ? It means, for those of us who are at the end of the age and who will line up, in our priorities, our heart and our mind, and consecrate our lives to Him, we get the double portion of the Holy Spirit for the hour in which we live. Because we know the Antichrist spirit and system is coming upon the earth. And for those of us who 
have been bought by his blood, who carry him in these vessels of clay, we need a double portion because we have double trouble. And if we will get the double portion, we are getting ready for the finest hour because thousands, millions will come to the Lord. Isaiah 60, verse 1, 2, and 3 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. But you see, we can all say, you know, I got it. I got my light 40 years ago. But I'm finding this. There's more. And there's more and more and more. And we need more for the hour in which we live. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Darkness, grace, cross, darkness shall cover the earth. But verse 3 says that as you rise under the power, because you're consecrated, your chaff is burned out. And he is your first priority on the whole face of the earth. He will pour his spirit out in a double portion. And you will be like Peter in Acts chapter 1 in the early house when he walked down the street and they put sick people so that just his shadow would heal them. It's the double portion of the latter rain. The greatest days are just ahead. For those who will catch the wave, we live right by the ocean. I mean from here to the street. Waves come Every day, all day, 24 hours a day. Puerto Escondido, that's about 40 miles from us, is the third greatest surfing capital in the world. So, when we went, maybe Sue thinks I was in a midlife crisis. When we went to Mexico 22 years ago, I bought a surfing board. Not good for an old guy. But I was only 45. But you need to be 19. <laughs> it's a little risky, truthfully. When you see a wave come in that's at the top of that screen, and you're just like, ooh. <laughs> Call 911. <laughs> I shouldn't be here. But you have to get in position. Those real surfers, they see the swell way out there. They have eyes to see. And they have to get in position. And when you're in position, if you're not in position, I don't know if you know this word, but it's a surfer term. It's called wipeout. <laughs> and maybe you live and maybe you die. Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, speaking of the end of the age and Antichrist government and Antichrist times, says they that do know their God, I'm paraphrasing, they'll be wise, they'll instruct many, and they'll do exploits. I believe that for those who can hear, 
and pay the price, God is trying to get us in position. Because there's a big wave coming. You see? It's a wave of glory and power for all who will be in position. The greater works that Jesus talked about are for us. Remember, he said, these works you'll do, and even greater works. Now, would you pray with me for just a moment, please? I'm going to testify something to you, and I'm only testifying. I won't take very long. I'm simply testifying what happened. About three years ago, we were getting ready for a mass youth event. I thank God he's saving thousands of Mexican young people. We're going to show you just a little four-minute clip here at the end of one of those events. We do it in Semana Santa, Holy Week, when they're all out of school. 6,000, 3,000 youth came last year. Two years ago, 6,000. Four nights, four days. God poured out His Spirit. But we were getting ready about three years ago for one of these events. And truthfully, I'm not very connected to world news and not really thinking about world events. And I came walking to the house. It was the day before, and I was all kind of coming from out there from the events field. And I came walking up the stairs. I'm only testifying. And I saw an open vision, like that screen over there. It was a bomb exploding in New York City. I saw it. It was so vivid. And I said out loud, When God... And I heard, Two years. And my heart was pounding. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. We should see visions in the Holy Spirit. God has shown me many visions. Most of the time it's been direction. So we went on with the event... We finished the event, and every Monday night, we bring all of our staff and all of our Bible school students together at the mission space. The worship is just tremendous. And we were worshiping, and the power of God came in very strongly. Can you hear me okay? The power of God was present, and I went down on the floor. I'm only testifying. And I said, God, please speak to me. What is the meaning of that vision? And I heard a voice speaking, just like a newscast. Very firm, very fast. And the voice said to me, the destruction of New York City will cause the United Nations organization to move to Brussels, Belgium. And this will be the beginning of the final world government. Antichrist government. The Daniel 2 one, you know. And it so overwhelmed me that I couldn't catch the rest of what the voice was saying. You know, I 
just, to just, I just couldn't take anymore. So then I said, I don't know what to do with that. We come up every year to a missions conference in Tulsa. I'm sorry that we miss yours. Please, we need to come. We came to the missions conference. We always just come to be missionaries and be fed and listen. And we just got to town, and the day before, I'm getting my eyes checked, and the cell phone rang, and it was the director of the missions conference, and he said, we know you have some prophetic gifting. Speak at 9.30 in the morning and tell us what the Lord's saying. I was terrified. I went, I don't know if I can do that. Because this was really strong with me. So I got up and I said, you know, we really need to be lined up with the Lord. And we need to be people of faith and not of fear. And we need to know the Holy Ghost and follow Him. And bless you all. And that's all. And I said, done. So then, this year before coming up, Sue came and she brought all of these guys. And I stayed at the missions base in southern Mexico where we are. And I took three weeks of prayer and fasting. And during that time, I began to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. Like him saying to me, I didn't give you a private showing of that vision. And you didn't, you're not speaking it. I said, oh, Lord, forgive me. I'm afraid. Maybe it's not even right. I know I saw it. I know in my spirit. So I said, well, I repent. Give me a second chance. So we flew to the st- I flew up. Sue picked me up in Dallas at the middle of the night. We got lost in the airport construction. And the next morning at 9 o'clock, I got a phone call. The new director of the missions conference. And he said, I'm only asking two missionaries, but you're one of them. Tell us what the Lord's saying. The thing that troubles me the most is not that I needed to get up and share, but the reality of the second chance. Are you with me? I like to say I just had a bad dream, a bad vision, imagination. So, uh, We as a nation, and we didn't come here to talk about bad news. As a nation, we are in a very precarious situation. I think we all know. Can we turn it around? Well, you know, we're down there. I said, well, it's... These guys up here, that's their business. But actually, for the things ahead, I believe God is calling us all to a lifestyle of prayer and fasting.
consecration. And I really mean this. And I'm endeavoring to say, you know, you first. Uh, Most of all, you know, even if everything is just fine, None of us want to miss the marriage feast. That's the high call of God. In Matthew 25, there were ten virgins that Jesus talked about. Only five of them went in. So even if our country were just doing fine, blessed is he is called to the marriage feast of the Lamb. And uh, that's the highest honor in the universe. Jesus Christ will turn, return. His bride will sit at his right hand. Revelation chapter 2, verse 25 through 27, and Revelation chapter 3, Verse 21, those who overcome will receive even as I've received, and they will sit on the throne with me, ruling with a rod of iron over the nations. You see, God's still interested in the earth. The first Adam and the first Eve failed, but he didn't change his plan. He sent the second Adam And instead of a rib from the side of Jesus was taken blood and water. Eve was formed with the rib, you know, from the dirt of the earth. The new Eve is being formed out of the, you know, dirt and mud by the blood and water that flows from his side. Giving us the honor to rule and reign with him. Father, could you all just pray where you are? I don't feel I should pray. I'm leading you vocally. Why don't I just have a time of individual prayer before him? Keeping in mind he is victorious We win in him. I want to say again, I believe everyone in here has received the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you haven't, Whoever is called on, calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It happened to me. Forty-two years ago, I was dying. Severe hepatitis. My soul went out of my body, was falling into hell. And in less seconds, I screamed to the Lord. He actually caught me in midair. I felt him wrap his arms around my dying soul 
His warm blood flowed over my soul. And here I am. Hell's real. Heaven's real. Father, we want to be right with you. And you gave your gift. We don't want to miss it. It's already been spoken. Father, help us alignment, positioning. Five step plan for homeland security protection. Provision, guidance for those who will take seriously the counsel of the Lord. And Jesus, we thank you. The Antichrist and his government and his system will all be destroyed when you return. The dead in Christ will rise first. We which are alive and remain should be caught up in the clouds to meet you in the air. (laughs) And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And we shall see him as he is. And we'll be changed into his likeness in a moment in the opening and closing of the eye. So we thank you and we praise you for the blessed hope. No one like you, Jesus. No one. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. For those who want, could we lift hands to him and just say thank you for so great a salvation. Thank you for so great of a hope, a lively hope. And while we look not at the things seen, but the things unseen. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We worship you. Father, I thank you for this time here. I pray for Pastor CJ and his wife. I pray for their children. Lord, I pray. Increase of wisdom. For by wisdom, CJ, a house is built. And you're building a house. Yeah. Father, we thank you for Dale and Teresa who labored with this house many years. Now we thank you for the addition of rooms, remodeling, adding on. Lord God, let all be according to your heavenly design doing all according to the pattern showed in the mount like Moses and by faith Mm -hmm. yeah forever his truth shall reign and so in closing if we sing it to him and we make a declaration Our God reigns. Yes, He does. Our God reigns forever. His 
as it does. Our God reigns you do. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We applaud you, Jesus. <laughs> we thank you, Lord. Well, so and I thank you. And I want to introduce these precious ones. We have no children of our own, but we, we have these precious ones. This is Socorro. She comes from the Muscle tribe of southern Oaxaca. And uh, she's in our administrative office. And she's a Blessed, anointed. God is bringing His kingdom. In every one of us at this time. 
Remember this, the just shall live by faith. Y si tú puedes creerlo, And if you can believe it, el Señor está sentándose en este momento en el trono de cada uno que cree que Él puede hacerlo. If you can believe it, He's sitting in the throne of our hearts for each one who will yield and allow Him. Y el Señor que está ahí de gris del shore, este, el Señor dice que así como aquel día llamó a Mateo, hoy te está diciendo a ti, ven y sígueme. And for you there in the shirt and the shorts, the Lord's saying in the same way, the, the same way he called Matthew, he's saying, come and follow me. De lo profundo de mi espíritu, estoy llamando a lo profundo de tu espíritu. From the depths of my spirit, I'm calling to the depths of your spirit. Ven y sígueme. Come, follow me. Te voy a mostrar mi reino. I will demonstrate my kingdom to you. Te voy a hacer nacer en mi verdad. I will cause you to birth into more truth. La verdad de mi palabra. The word of my truth. Muchos hombres sobre la tierra buscan el éxito y la victoria. Many look for success and. Uh, y también tú a veces lo buscaste, pero quiero decirte que yo soy el éxito y yo soy la victoria. Many look for success and, uh, and uh, success in the world, but uh, I am your success and victory. Todo lo que el hombre alcance sobre esta tierra va a desaparecer. Solo mi reino y mis victorias son eternos. Only my kingdom and my victory is eternal. Una vez más te digo, ven y sígueme. And one more time I say to you, come and follow me. Yo que voy a venir de nuevo. I am coming again. En este día estoy llegando en tu matrimonio. In this day I'm coming to your marriages. Déjame restaurar este día tu matrimonio. Let me in this day and this time restore your marriages. Déjame lavar con mi sangre todas las cosas que hay en tu matrimonio y que son asperezas en tu relación. Let me wash your marriages again with my blood and take away those disturbances. Esposos, perdonen a sus esposas. Husbands, forgive your wives. Mujeres, perdonen a sus esposos. Wives, forgive your husbands. Yo quiero sentarme en el trono de su relación. I want to sit in the throne of your relationship. Porque quiero soltarlos a vivir en mi reino en estos días sobre la tierra. Because I want to lose you to be people of my kingdom in this hour and time. Por tal causa, en este día, yo lavo con mi sangre. For that reason, this day, I wash you with my blood. Sus faltas. Your, 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 your failings. Porque quiero sentarme en el trono de su relación. Because I want to sit in the throne of your relationship. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. El Señor está trayendo un llamado para todas las mujeres solteras en este lugar. God's calling the single women in this place. Un llamado para que entren a mi palacio. A calling to enter into my palace. Y me conozcan. And to know me. Hoy en este día sobre la tierra hay cosas nuevas 
que voy a soltar por medio de mi reino. In this time, over the face of the earth, I'm releasing new things into my kingdom. Han oído cosas que ojo no ha visto ni oído ha oído. You have heard things that I have not seen nor ear heard. Y las estoy llamando a ustedes doncellas para traer mi reino sobre la tierra. And I'm calling you single women to bring my kingdom in the earth. Pastor, el Señor está diciendo, abra un espacio con su esposa y levanten a estas mujeres para traer el reino sobre la tierra desde este lugar. Pastor, the Lord says, uh, open a space for your wife to work with these women and to help establish the kingdom. Doncellas, levántense en ayuno, en oración y busquen el rostro de su rey. Young women and single women, seek the Lord with fasting, with prayer, and uh, see the glory of the King. Porque el Rey les va a revelar su corazón. Because the King will reveal His heart to you. Y él va a mostrar su belleza en esta nación por medio de la vida de muchos de ustedes. And He will reveal His beauty to this nation through many of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We're just waiting. I always say when the Lord comes, it wouldn't be good to just to just walk out on him. When the Spirit of the Lord lives, it's always when he's finished. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for fresh anointing on everyone here. Thank you that the rain of your Spirit is coming down, a rain of grace in this place. It's a fresh washing. Rain of grace. Receive it, please receive it. Grace and peace be multiplied. And there's a rain of grace. Rain of grace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The king's oil. This morning while we were worshiping, I just heard this the king's oils being released. The anointing for dominion, the anointing for ruling and reigning. The king's oil. And you all are being a vehicle for the king's oil to be released over churches and over ministries. It's a different oil than it's a it's the king's oil. It's falling down for us to have dominion. For you all to and you all are our vehicle for releasing that with your worship team and your your ministry, the King's oil, the Holy King's oil. Thank you. King's oil, dominion oil. I believe there's a there's a real grace that will be released in the midst of the dark times. There is the grace that the Lord wants to have really established in our hearts that in those very times, we, it is the very time to rejoice. It is the very time 
to be glad in our king and to understand that the conquering king already lives within us. And he went through the tremendous suffering that is called the glory in John 12. If you if you read that before that, the passion, what we call the passion of our Christ, he talked about now the glory has come. Okay, that same glory potential, that same overcoming, triumphing glory, we're going to experience him living it in us and be able to release hope, release direction, release understanding, release even the heavens and the earth we will command to rejoice even at our command the the heavens will reign the, the earth will produce it will be released in the midst and it will we will rise we will shine el señor te está llamando a ti Moreno, el señor Moreno. Ajá, el señor te está llamando para ser parte de su ejército que va a levantar a nivel mundial para alcanzar las naciones. God's calling you to uh, raise up and be in his army with even in missions other nations. Prepárate dice el señor porque voy a tener un encuentro contigo. Uh, Prepare your heart because I want to encounter with you. Para que formes parte del ejército grande que estoy llamando ahora sobre toda la tierra. So that you come into the position you have in the army of the Lord that is forming around the earth. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, the team here, uh, Sergio plays guitar, is director of our worship school and Juan Carlos and Ali or Mary they lead the worship David obviously on drums and technician and recording and that kind of thing and Jairo and Plude is going to university getting his degree and able to teach in music school and uh, in June we graduated our 17th class of disciples from the state of Oaxaca and different areas of Mexico uh, About 700 now have graduated. And there's a network of, of 50-some churches that they're pastoring and uh, caring for. I want us to see, it's four minutes, no more. It's a thank you uh, from Sudan's heart to all of you. And uh, it also shows the last youth event, like 3,000 youth, several hundred saved. And... Uh, baptized and we just want to share that fruit with you and let you rejoice it takes only about four minutes uh, for all of you in the states that have uh, really helped us uh, through this year we want to we want to say thank you again we're in the uh, bible school classroom and this is the 17th class Uh, there's uh, 73 students that are going to graduate next week. And so soon I really just want to say thank all of you, uh, student sponsors and, and uh, people that have given in general, uh, just to help make another really successful year. And uh, all of these students also want to say thank you. So, uh, yeah.